the serve team fair next door. The fair without cotton candy or funnel cakes. So if you want to go over there, I think they're doing it till 1030. So more than welcome to head that away. Check it out. Um, I just want to say first, uh, I'm honored to, to speak with you all this morning. Jason asked me a few weeks ago. He said he's going to be out preaching this morning in Dallas. So uh, he asked me to come speak with you all. And uh, as, as always, he never tells me what he wants to say, what he wants me to say. So he just said, uh, "Here, want, you, want to hear what you got to say about relationships, Brother Aaron, he says. So here we go. <laughs> Y'all going to get it this morning. But um, really, though, I've, we've been going through uh, in, on the Wednesday night services with the youth group, we've been going through some uphill habits is what they call it. It's a series I listened to uh, toward the beginning of the year. And uh, it's a really, really good series. And the last part of that series was actually about relationships. So that's what I'm going to talk with you all about this morning and uh, just kind of go through that. So uh, first I'm going to pray and just ask the Lord to be with us this morning. Lord, I just want to thank you this morning for, for getting us here this morning, for blessing us, for <clears throat> just having your, your hand upon us this morning, Lord, for everything you've done. Lord, I ask that you would speak through me this morning, that you would use me this morning, Lord, just be a vessel for your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so uh, the title of this series was called Uphill Habits, or uh, it was actually called Uphill Hopes, Downhill Habits, but what we're trying to get to is, is uphill habits. So uh, Aristotle once said, we are what we repeatedly do. We are what we repeatedly do. So if you think about that, you are what you repeatedly do, what you do over and over and over and over again. So he went on to say, excellence then is not an act, but a habit. So it's not just one singular act, but it's a habit. It's, it's excellence is because you're repeatedly doing something. So another way to say that is we form habits, and then our habits form us. So we form those habits, whether they be good or bad, and those habits in turn start to form us and who we are. So I, we talked about in, in Next Door about how people in the new year, we always form these resolutions, you know, New Year's resolutions. And usually by this time of the year, we're in, you know, almost at the end of the March, everybody's kind of forgotten about those resolutions, you know, kind of gone by the wayside. And we'll say, okay, we'll just save that till 2018 or next year, whatever it is, you know. And it's because we just didn't really have a good plan. You know, we, we hoped that we would, we would do something good this year. And then it just kind of, it's just kind of a cycle that we do every year. But, um, Hope is one of those things, you know, we, we in, in the new year, we hope that we're going to exercise, that we're going to exercise more. We hope to, to have better grades or we hope to, you know, do, you know, you, you fill in the blank, whatever it might be. You hope you're going to do this, but it just never really kind of follows through. So hope's a great motivator, but hope's not going to carry you through to the end. Hope is only something right there in the beginning that kind of gets the idea sparked, kind of gets the fire going, and then you got to have a plan to get through to the end. So what I want to try to do this morning is talk to you about y'all about this habit. I want to try to get y'all to, you know, to start developing a habit so that, you know, those hopes can be manifested in the future. So today, you know, we're going to talk about the habits called and it's the fourth of, of, of three of it's the fourth of four habits that we talked about and I'll tell y'all a little bit what, what those habits were. The first habit we talked about was uh, focusing on the things that we do first and how priority matters and how the things you do first are the things that usually 
you follow through with in your life, the things that you put priority on. The second thing we talked about was controlling our thoughts and how our thoughts, everything that we do starts with a thought all the way to your destiny. Your destiny started with a thought in the beginning. You thought about this, and then you started to follow through, and it ended up to where you are now. The third thing was, Brother Jeremy talked about it, was keeping my life aligned with my purpose. Keeping my life aligned with my purpose. And this morning we're going to talk about choosing my relationships carefully. And so we've been talking about, or Jason and, and Brian, they've been talking about relationships in Next. And the reason this is the focus for our group this year is because relationships are so important. They're so important. And just like this habit says, you choose the relationships that you're in. Sometimes, you know, if it's family, be it family or something like that, you don't get to choose. But the friends, the ones that you really, really, really spend the time on, you choose. You choose to spend that time on. You choose to, to invest in those and whatever it may be. So we have to choose the right relationships. We have to choose those things carefully. And <clears throat> we are who we are today because of the relationships that we've had in the past. So I want you to just real quick, just take a little exercise in your mind and think about who you are today, who you are today. And think about who you are when you walk out those doors today, like the person that you are. And then think about your plans for the rest of today and your plans for the rest of this week coming up and the rest of this month. Think about those plans. And if you think about it hard enough, I can almost guarantee that they revolve around the relationships that you have, whether they be work relationships, family, you know, friends, whatever it may be. Those plans that you have already made, they revolve around the relationships that you've made in your life. So I'm here to tell you this morning that relationship decisions are the most important decisions that you will make in your life, without a doubt. The friends that you choose to become the closest to and the people that, that you choose to let speak into your life, they will help shape your life you know, down the road. So Proverbs 20, uh, 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. I ha I'm fortunate enough to have a couple of those friends in my life that, that it's not just someone that, uh, that, that I, c I call and, I, and I, you know, I'm venting on and they're like agreeing with everything I say and, yeah, Aaron, you know, that, that, that person, this, that person, or yeah, that situation, just like you're saying. No, I have some friends in my life that I can call and, you know, I'm telling them this and that and the other, and they're like, well, why don't you try looking at it like this? Why don't you try looking at it a little bit differently? Why don't you try looking at it from this angle or whatever it may be? So I'm really fortunate to have those in my life. And I want to give you all four actions today, four actions to develop this habit, four things we need to do to try to develop this habit. The first one being we have to nurture our important relationships. We have to nurture those important relationships. Anybody... When you think of the word nurture, I know when I think of the word nurture, I think of, a, you know, probably a baby or something small and, and delicate that I have to nurture. I have to take really good care of it. Um, but, and, and it's funny, I, I taught this last Wednesday night, and before the lesson, I was kind of preparing this, and, uh, you know, disclaimer real quick, a lot of this information is not my own. A lot of this information comes from a series that I listen to, but I interject myself into it quite a bit, and one of the, one of the things that, that is here that's that's quite quite a bit me is I like a fire. I like a good fire. And Brian's back there smiling because the other day he sent me a picture and I actually have this picture I'm gonna show y'all. He sent me this picture of a fire. There it is right there. 
And he sent me that because he knows Aaron Duran likes a good fire. And, and look, it doesn't have to be very cold for me to to want to go and build a fire. It's got to get just you know just below 60 degrees, and I'm ready to go get some wood, throw it in the fireplace. So I very easily and I, and I wasn't I was kind of busy at the time, so I didn't do it. I didn't flip through my pictures to find it, but I very easily could have sent him this next picture of me. That's me right there. That's my fire. And that's my feet right in front of it because that's where I like to sit by my fire. <laughs> so, but I really, really, really enjoy my fireplace. And so, if any of you have ever built a fire in your fireplace or built a fire in a, in a, on a bonfire in your backyard or whatever it is, and, and you enjoy that on a nice fall day or winter day, it's nice and warm. If you've ever enjoyed that, you know that a good fire is only as good as the wood is. You know, and it's only, it's only going to last as long as the wood lasts. And so, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here and I, I build a great fire, man. I'm really enjoying it. I'm kicked back, got my feet propped up, and I'm doing whatever I'm doing. And usually I'm reading or doing something like that, trying to do something productive. And, you know, sometimes my feet get hot and i got to kind of spread them out a little bit. And, but, I, you know, but the fire eventually starts to die down. And it's not as warm as it, as it was before. And it's not quite as comfortable as it was before. And i got to get up out of my chair where I was comfortable. And i got to go back outside. i got to put my shoes back on. got to put a jacket on, whatever it may be. And i got to walk back out to the wood pile with my wheelbarrow. i got to put wood you know, however many, you know, depending on how, how motivated I am, you know, sometimes I just throw a few quick pieces in there. Sometimes I load it up and bring it to the house. Then I got to go back inside. I got to bring all the wood in there. I got to stack it all up, you know, got to kind of churn it up a little bit. And then I got to clean up all my mess because if I don't, Brittany's going to get on to me. I have to get out of my chair again. So clean up all my mess, and then I get back down and, and start enjoying my fire again. Point being that, a real fire, a good fire, takes work. A real good fire takes work. And I say a real good fire because, you know, Brian also has this other fire that he likes to pick on me about a little bit that it's just like a little push-button fire. You know, and I've had one of those before. You know, you just push a button and it's, poof, there it is. It's magic. It's fire. And it's awesome. And it's warm. And it's, it's all those things. But some of the things that it lacks is it, it lacks the smell. It lacks the sound. It lacks the memories that you make by a real fire. You know, all those, you know, dropping a log on your foot or, you know, doing whatever it may be that, that whenever you have a real fire, all that, you know, splitting wood and me making Carter and Parker pick it up, you know, stack it up, and they're thinking I'm making them slaves, you know, and they're just like, why do I have to pick up all this wood, Dad? You know, why are you cutting up all this wood? But they enjoy the good fire, too, whenever I build a good fire. But <clears throat> if you've ever had... You know, just bringing this back to relationships, if you've ever had that, that relationship, that real good relationship, you know that it takes work. You know that, you know, it, it, sometimes, no matter how, you know, whatever you are, your relationship, whether it be a marriage or, or a friendship or whatever it may be, that relationship starts to grow cold sometimes. Sometimes, it, you know, it's just not as, as, as you know, quote, unquote, hot as it, as it was before. And so you got to go and you got to do a little work and you got to get some logs and you got to put on that fire. And as far as, you know, relationship goes, as far as in, in the marriage term, you know, the, sometimes we get to that spot where we see all these fit folks, they seem like they got this, this relationship, and it's just like always hot. It's always, you know, good. It's always this, always that. And it's just, all you see is, is the plus side of it. Well, you know, usually that relationship is only as hot as, as long as you can pay the gas, the gas bill, right? I mean, as long as you can pay that gas bill, it's going to be good. But whenever you stop paying that gas bill, well, guess what? 
that, that ceramic log in there, it's not really flammable. It's not really going to burn if you try to light it. It's really just going to get cold really, really, really fast. There's not any coals in there. There's not anything that's going to last for that fire. So relationships that take work or relationships that work, that, that, you know, they work because you put the work into them. They work because you nurture them. They, they work because you, you throw another log on there. And I guarantee you that if you ask anybody that has a really, really good relationship, they're not going to tell you that it was always easy. They're not going to tell you it was always fun and good, but they're going to tell you it took some work. I had to get uncomfortable at one point in time in that relationship. I had to get out of my chair, and I had to go get another log and throw on that fire. And I'm wearing this fire analogy out, but I really like a fire. You know, I really just, just like fire. But I'm here to tell you also that, <clears throat> and, and I'm not talking to anyone specific, but that, you know, the grass is not always green on the other side. And just like, you know, paying that gas bill, if the grass is green on the other side, you know, usually the water bill is higher as well. You know, just like the gas, you know, it's always something on the other side. Now, you're always, you know, you see that person that just, you know, they're always looking on the other side of the fence, always looking on the other side of the fence. And it's, you, you got to stop and enjoy what you got right now. You got to stop and enjoy what you already have. Because if you don't, you're going you're gonna to be looking on the side, and you're going to get caught with your fire going out and you're, you're just going to wonder what happened well you didn't take the time to nurture it so first peter 4 7 through 8 says the end of the world is coming soon therefore be earnest and disciplined in your prayers most important of all continue to show deep love for each other for love covers a multitude of sin so the end of the world is coming we're running out of time and the most important thing is that we show deep love for each other deep love for each other so we've got to nurture those that we love and those that mean the most to us the second thing, the action that we need to take is to restore my broken relationships. Restore my broken relationships. And I don't, I don't know that I've met anybody yet that doesn't have a broken relationship somewhere in their life. Somewhere in their life they've got a broken relationship where either they didn't do something wrong or something was perceived wrong and the, the relationship just got torn in some way and there's a broken relationship somewhere. We've got to restore those broken relationships. Romans 12, 17, and 8, or through 18, 8 and 18, says, Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone, you, everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can do to live in peace with everyone. Do all that you can do to live in peace with everyone. <clears throat> so I understand, because I have, I have some of these broken relationships in my life, that sometimes it's not your fault. Sometimes it's not... I, I didn't do anything to to mess this relationship up, so why do I have to be the one to make the first move or, or, or be the one to make the move at all to restore this relationship? Well, I don't know if it was Brian or or Jason that already said that, I think it was Brian, that it's always your move. In a relationship, it's always your move. No matter what happened, no matter where you are, no matter what the situation, it's always your move. And I, I'm... I'm talking to myself right now because I have one of those relationships that are very dear close to me that I, for whatever I always feel like it's not my fault and they probably always feel like it's not their fault and then sometimes just nobody's gonna make a move and it's just like it's just stagnant it's just stagnant and that's not healthy it's not good for anybody and it's not gonna be better until you know someone makes a move so we must forgive people if we expect to be forgiven because like Colossians 3, 3 and 13 says, make allowance, make allowance for those, I'm sorry, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive everyone who offends you. Remember, 
the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. So he's not expecting us to do anything that he didn't do already. He did it first, and so that's why he's asking us to forgive others. And I'm not sure where it says it in the Bible, and I, and, I, and I said this last Wednesday night too, and I should have went and looked it up. But I know that wherever you hold the standard on someone else, that's where the standard is going to be held on you, right? So if you're going to hold someone else to this right here, you better be careful because on the other side, you may be doing the same exact thing to someone else, and you don't even realize it. So we've got to be very careful with that. Third thing, third uh, action that we need to take to develop this habit of choosing careful or choosing our relationships carefully it's to serve, I'm sorry, sever, sever any harmful relationship. So sever, you know, the, the, the term sever means, I mean, to cut, like, really bad to the point of, like, it's, it's off, right? I mean, you severed your finger, you cut it, I mean, it's hurting, you're going, you're going to the hospital, right? You're, you're going to get stitches, it's going to take something to fix it, you got to get it out. Sever any harmful relationship. Those, you know, I'm not, so harmful relationships are not those relationships that, that, you know, our marriage, you know, when Brittany, you know, me and her get in an argument, I'm going to go back to these notes and say, hey, babe, remember? Remember what I was talking about? If it gets hard, whoosh, it's done. I'm severing this thing. It's not worth it. That's not what I'm talking about. That's not what I'm talking about at all. But the things that I'm talking about are those relationships, uh, like when I was a kid, and uh, me and Brittany, you know, we started dating, and I kind of started kind of turning my life around from where I was at. I had these relationships with, with these friends that, I couldn't, you know, if I wanted to go a certain direction, I couldn't continue to hang out and do and, and do those things and, and, and just, I couldn't really associate, not that I wasn't going to be friends with them anymore, but I just couldn't spend as much time and hanging out with them all the time. So I had, to, I had to change that relationship. I had to sever that relationship as it was, as it stood that day. And I had to start forming new relationships and getting rid of those bad relationships because as long as I was hanging with that and doing that, well, I was going to be tempted, and I was going to eventually go back that direction. So I'm talking about relationships in your life that, that you know that you know there's not good for your health, not good for what you're trying to do. So we all hear those stories about the man or the woman, you know, that gets on Facebook and they reconnect with a friend, you know, from back in the day, and it almost never turns out good because they start they start feeding that memory of of yesterday. They start you know looking back and remembering the the quote-unquote good times uh, of, you know, of their youth. And that's, that's a relationship that they had severed years ago, and now they're going back and they're trying to stitch it back together. They're trying to, they're trying to put some stitches in it, trying to fix it, trying to whatever it was, but that's not something that needs to be done. That, that thing was severed, it was cut, and it needs to be left there. It's okay to, you know, say, you know, to be friends with people and be nice, but you're not necessarily trying to... to recover those type of relationships, the ones that, that you don't need to be in. And you can read about that in Proverbs, Solomon telling, you know, you know when he's writing in, in Proverbs, telling his son basically, you know, the relationships he should have and the type of woman he should be looking for. And then when you get a woman, how you should handle that and how you should nurture that. You can read all about it in there. A lot of wisdom in Proverbs. But, <clears throat> you know, we have a culture today that says that, that the relationship that we have we don't really have to have that, that severe commitment that, that, that we call for. You know, we don't have to have that commitment that, that just goes above all and, 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 and through all. And, you know, no matter what, that's my wife. And I'm not looking anywhere else. I'm not thinking about anything else. I'm not doing anything else. There's a commitment there. Well, the, the world today says that, yeah, you don't really necessarily have to have that commitment because, you know, we're just, you know, 
those that are not married today, you know, that, you know, cohabiting, you know, cohabitation is, is, is an okay thing. You know, you go, you know, basically like a test drive, you know, you just go test drive and, and see what it's like. And if you don't like it, well, next week you go test drive another one. And then, you know, if you don't like that one, then, well, next week, you know, go test drive another one. Well, you know, like the Bible says, that relationship, that, that type of bond is a spiritual bond that you, that you connect with someone that's, it's, it's, you know, you never get rid. You can't. It's not like a car where you you decide you don't like it. You drop the keys. You leave it in the parking lot. You don't. You don't. And you leave it, and it's there, and it's gone. You don't leave those kind of things. The Bible says, just don't do it. Just don't do it. <clears throat> so, Proverbs thirteen and twenty says, "Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools." And get into trouble. So another way to say that is a companion of fools suffers harm. A companion of fools suffers harm. So whenever we walk with the, with with those that are not good for us, those relationships when we when we nurture those relationships that are not good for us, we're going to suffer harm. We're going to it's not we're going to get into trouble. We're not going to do good things. First uh, Corinthians fifteen thirty three says, "Don't be fooled by those who say such things, for bad company corrupts good character." So no matter how good you are. No matter how good a character you are and how, how much you think you're going to influence that person, and, you know, I've heard it so many times where, oh, look, you know, it's okay because I'm, I'm going I'm to be witnessing to them the whole time and I'm going to be doing this and I'm, I'm going to try to influence them. Well, it hardly ever happens that way. hardly ever happens that way because bad company corrupts good character. Uh, the fourth thing, the fourth action that we need to take is to initiate some meaningful relationships. Me- Meaningful relationships. In other words, start a good one that, that you don't already have. Start some relationships you don't already have that are, that are going to be good and meaningful for you. So Hebrews 10 and 25 says, And let us not neglect our meeting together, so this right here, as some people do, because encourage, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing nearer. So that's the second time that in the verse of Scripture it talks about the coming of the Lord and how we don't have that much time. And I tell the youth all the time that I'm sorry that, you know, we harp on you so much about you got to get it right, got to get it right, you can't mess up, whatever. Not that you can't mess up, but you don't have time. There's not a whole lot of time, but you just don't have that much time. You don't have, obviously don't have as much time as I had. I, you know, I, I did some stupid stuff when I was young, and I, and I fortunately, by the grace of God, had made it this far, but we don't have time to play around today. And, and as adults, we don't have time to mess around with the things of this world today. So we've got to get in the habit of meeting with good people. So how do we initiate meaningful relationships? I'm going to give you some ways to develop that habit or that, that part of the habit as well. So we've got to develop a relationship with my church. De- develop a relationship with my church. And when I say my church, I mean I say my because whenever you say my it's ownership. This is my church. This is my house. This is my car. This is my kids. This is my wife. They're mine, okay? They're mine. We've got to develop a relationship with my church. So Ephesians 2 and 19 says, we are members of God's family, okay? It talks about being members of God's family. And you always get the most out of a relationship when you commit to the relationship. So whenever me and Brittany started dating, uh, you know, I was I was pretty much already all in because I, I I felt extremely lucky already. I I went to a church 
I, I was going to church down the road here, and I decided, you know, I was going to start looking for a wife, and I went to a church in Denham Springs, and, she, you know, just so happened she was the first girl that, you know, just kind of walked through the door, and it was just like lights and fireworks and all these different things, but from day one, you know, from day one, <clears throat> though, it was more just, you know, just the, the awe of the moment, and I wasn't tr- truly like 100% committed, right? I wouldn't and I think we're all that way when we're young and we're dating. You know, we're not always just 100% committed. And I still had these other friends, and I still had, you know, other relationships that I had formed in the beginning. But slowly but surely, I found out that if I'm going to keep this girl and if, if she's going to find me worthy of marrying or anything and staying with, then I'm going to have to commit. I'm going to have to commit, and then it's just going to be that. And so we did, and it's been almost 12 years now, and I feel like all that other stuff, you know, the, 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 the guys, the girls, the friends, the everything, the, 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 you know, activities and whatever you want to call it or, or put there, that's all just dust in the wind. It's gone. It, it, just, it meant nothing to me. It's nothing compared to what we have now and, and what we're doing right now with our lives. So you always get the most out of it whenever you commit and whenever you commit 100%. So why do I say, why do I say that? But because when I talk about my church, my church, you're always going to get the most out of this experience right here whenever you commit to it. And you commit to it 100%. And it's what you think about. And it's what you, you dream about. And it's what you talk about. And all those things. You're not going to get the full experience until you commit that way. When you feel ownership, then you feel some pride in it. And you, and you, and you want to protect it. And you want to. You know, you don't want anything bad to happen to it, right? You don't want anything, anything to come in and, and, and harm that relationship. So we've got to develop a my church attitude. This is my church. Next thing we need to do is we need to develop some relationships with godly friends, godly friends. And so, you know, this, I talked to the youth about this first, but as adults as well, you know, we have to, we have to develop relationships with godly friends because if we don't, we're going to face the same temptations, you know, that, just because we grew up and we get, you know, another number added to our age doesn't mean, well, then that temptation is not going to follow us, you know, this way. That that, that whatever is not going to harm me here. That's not right. It's just going to come in a different form, different fashion. So <clears throat> you need to find people that are building us up. We need to find people that are building us up, not tearing us down, building us up constantly because we have enough out there already you know, through media and, and different different avenues that's going to tear us down and make us feel not worthy or make us feel insufficient. But we have to find those people in our life that can talk to us and build us up. Uh, <clears throat> but you know, you know, you know those those people that you know, you know the people I'm talking about, those godly people. You know that they're that they're the right person or they're the right group. Whenever they're not encouraging you to do something else that you probably shouldn't be doing or they're, they're encouraging you to do godly things all the time you know they're wanting to you know do things that are going to draw you closer to god and not push you further away in acts 2 it talks about all believers you know all believers that come to they come together and they start to share things they share everything and the reason i bring that up is because i know next is doing uh, a small group right now for a marriage couple and that that's extremely important and it's more than you know Whenever you come together as a, as a small group, and you know, a group, you know, the reason I say small group is because it's just a limited amount of people that come together, 
and you can build relationships, and you can, you can become a little closer than you are in this big group setting. In this big group setting, you, you know, I know Troy, and I know, you know, quite a few of you in here, but, you know, I'm still not that close to you. I, you know, I see you on Sundays, I see you on Wednesdays, and I see you, you know, sometimes here and there in between, but I'm really just not that close to you, and I don't really know you. And so small groups provide that, that avenue to build that relationship. So I got a, I got a uh, business networking group that I'm in uh, in Zachary. It's called BNI. And so what that is is it's an exclusive group where I'm the only insurance agent. There's only one real estate agent. There's only one lender. There's only one attorney, one whatever. Whatever the field is, there's only one. Why do they have that? You know, it's, and it's a small group of people. It's about 20 people. But the reason we have that is because we come together and we, we talk to each other and we find out what do, what do you do? What do I do? And we find out, you know, what, who's your, what's your family like, your kids? And we, we build, start building relationship and we can start passing referrals and we can start doing this and we start, uh, you know, doing business together. And the reason we do that, the reason we feel comfortable enough to do that is because we can start sharing. Like, so... My clients, they're my clients, and I don't want to send them to someone that, that I'm not sure is going to do them a good job. But whenever I have a relationship with somebody, then I can start sharing my clients with them because I know that they're going to take care of them just like I would. I know they're going to, they're going to do them the job that I would do for them. But I wouldn't, ha- I wouldn't be able to have that relationship if I weren't able to get close to them and have that, that relationship. So <clears throat> develop a relationship with a team. So, you know, they're doing serve teams over there right now. They're doing serve teams over today at the fair. And a way you can you can develop this, my church, you can get involved in church and get the most out of it is developing a relationship with a team. So I'm on the I'm on the uh, I'm in the media booth most Sundays. That's why you don't see me sitting down here. And that's because and I don't look, I don't know anything about media. I I know where the volume button is, and I know how to record something, and I know how to save it. That's about my extent of, of my knowledge in the media booth. But you know, they needed me up there at one time, and so the, now they got me, and I'm kind of they're, they're stuck with me. But I've developed a relationship with that team up there, and it's something that I, I really wouldn't want to trade for anything because I have so much fun up there. Like we have the most fun of all of y'all in church. I'm telling you right now, like we have a blast up there. Like we're laughing, we're cutting up, we're, and we're having a good time, and we're still getting some out of the service, no doubt. But we're having a good time while we're doing it. I just got to be honest with you, but that's my team. That's my team, and we have we have a bond up there that that you couldn't really take from me. You really couldn't. And uh, even though I know nothing about it, media is the last thing on what I want to do and what I want to learn about. It's not about that. It's it's not about that soundboard. It's not about that computer. But it's about the guys and girls that are up there with me, and the relationship that I formed with them. That's my team. And in turn, this is my church. That's my team. So I want to be a part of that. And in turn, this is my church. Okay, uh, Ecclesiastes 4, 8 through 9 says, This is the case of a man who is, who is all alone, without a child or a brother, yet who works hard to gain as much wealth as he can. But then he asks himself, Who am I working for? Why, why am I giving up so much pleasure now? Is it all, it's all so meaningless and depressing. Two people are better off than one for they can help each other with success or they can um, they can help I'm sorry for they can help each other succeed they can help each other succeed so why do I say that team I couldn't get up there and run that media booth 
by myself. There's no doubt. No doubt. I could turn the volume on. I could get, you know, most of y'all happy with volume. I could record the service. But there's a lot of things in between that affect that. But as a team up there, we do really good. We're pretty efficient. Chris, he's, he's, the, he's the mastermind behind most of the, the media, the sound up there. And Nathan's the mastermind behind, behind, you know, everything that you see here. But they alone can't do it all. They can be pretty successful, but they're going to burn out pretty fast. So it takes little, little bitty guys like myself to come in and do the other stuff. And as a team, as a team, we can tackle and be successful. The last thing, and I'm coming to, uh, you know, close, what have you, is to de- develop a relationship with God or with my God. Have you ever imagined what it would be like to be all in, fully committed with God, fully committed all in? So think about it for just a second. What happens whenever you go all in? What happens whenever you're 100% fully committed to God? You think of or to anything. You think about it all the time. You make plans for it all the time. You want to do it all the time. as soon as you finish this time you're planning for the next time all the time that's what you want to do all the time Jeremiah 29 13 says if you look for me wholeheartedly you will find me if you look for me wholeheartedly you will find me so it's kind of it's kind of the balls in our court you know God's already he's looking for us all the time he's always seeking I know you know I've been through life you know you go through ups and downs and you get to a spot where, you know, I feel like I'm the, I'm the furthest thing from God and I'm, the, I'm not doing anything that I need to be doing to, to develop my relationship with my God. But, you know, somehow, somewhere, he reaches down and tugs at me and pulls at me and, and does something to, to pull me back and turn me back around. That, you know, he's, he's, always, he's always pulling for us. So we got to, you know, in turn, we just got to, we have to turn around. We have to look for him wholeheartedly. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna close with this. So this is something I share with the youth group as well. It's called My Life in Five Chapters. My Life in Five Chapters, and it talks about habits and it talks about you know the things that we do in life. And, and we've all we've all been in this book. We've all been in this book. So chapter one says, "I walked down a path. I fell in a deep dark hole, and it took a really long time to get out." Chapter 2 says, I walked down the same path, fell in the same deep, dark hole, and it took a really long time to get out. Chapter 3 says, I walked down the same path, saw the same hole, got too close, and I fell in, and it took a really long time to get out. But chapter 4, this is where most of us hang out, says, I walked down the same path. I saw the same hole. I walked as close as I could around the edge of it without falling in. And then I walked walked by. Most of the time, though, living on the edge like that is not productive. Chapter 4, chapter 4 is a not committed life. Chapter 4 is I want as much as I can of, of the old life without having to give it up. And to see if I can get past and go on with this new. But you're going to keep on encountering that hole. That hole is not its not just one hole. It's several holes. Once you get past that hole, there's going to be another hole right past it. 
and you're going to start over in chapter 1. You're going to fall in. It's going to take a really long time to get out, and then finally you're going to figure out that hole's there, and you're going to start living around the edge of that hole. But chapter 5, chapter 5, where we all need to be, myself included, says, I just walked down a different path. I just walked down a whole totally different path. I didn't want to have to worry about falling in that hole. I didn't want to have to worry about having to walk around the edge of that and keep my balance and try to stay out of trouble. I just walked down a different path. I just closed that book and turned opened a new book, right? So the habit of choosing right relationships, the habit of choosing right relationships, as we said before in the beginning, relationships are the most important thing that you're going to do in your life. You're going to form relationships with people, and those people are going to start to form you. You're going to form good habits, and those good habits are going to start to form you. But you can also do it the other way. You can also form bad habits, and those bad habits can form you. And you can also make bad relationship choices, and those relationship choices will start to form you as well. So I didn't really come up with any really good, good next steps, but just evaluate the relationships that you have in your life right now. Evaluate who you are and why you are that person, because if you are something that you're proud of, it's because of a relationship that you had with somebody or some folks. If you're not so proud of who you are right now, it's because of some relationships that you had with someone or some folks. So evaluate the relationships you have this week. And if you have some that you need to change, change them. Start today. Start. Why wait? Why wait? Start today. All right. We're going to pray. Lord, I want to thank you for again for the opportunity to come and talk with these folks today. Lord, I want to thank you also because I know that the best way for me to learn is to talk about it. The best way for me to get something across in my mind is to teach it and to talk about it. So thank you, Lord, for speaking to me and speaking to my heart today. Lord, I pray that you would go with each and every one of these people today, keep them safe, help them be productive. Lord, help them to take a my church attitude. Church.